Hello and welcome to our podcast, On Your Marks. My name is Peter and I am the leader of St Mark's Church in Jersey, a growing, friendly Anglican church in the centre of St Helier. We want to take the Bible apart and see what's really in there, going beyond the face value to dig a little deeper into certain topics. We will bring you fresh content every week and hope you get a lot out of listening. So, if you're ready, let's go. Well, good afternoon to you, Ray. Good afternoon. And good afternoon or good morning, depending on when you're listening to any of our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, As usual, I'm sitting in the sitting room of my friend and mentor, Ray Speck. And we're here to discuss the passage from Sunday's sermon. So, as normal, I will read out the passage and then afterwards we're going to get Ray's take on it. So, Ray, would you like to hazard a guess at which translation I'm reading from today? No, because you're doing it from some machine or other. Yeah, I'm reading from my phone and Ray has his Bible. I'm reading it from the ESV today. Ah. Uh, your your favourite. I have been. I think I've been converted. I do like it. Sounds good. You won't be able to see, but Ray has a smile on his face as I'm reading it from his favourite translation. So um, here we go. We're we're in Acts chapter nine, uh, verse thirty six to the end, and I have a little subtitle here: Dorcas restored to life. So I'll read it, and then we'll see what Ray Ray's take is. So. Now, there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days, she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up and he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then, calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. Well, quite a long long passage, which is good, because our favourite expression, um, (laughs) Rose laughing already, is a text without a context is a pretext. Well, this, does this need any more context before we start, Ray? Oh, I think we're doing it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. yes we've got somewhat more of the context, haven't we? And one of the th- things in the context that struck me straight away was the potential qualification for Tabitha um, in terms of why was she admired. And it seems she was admired for what she did. Yeah. Um, Now, don't make too many assumptions from that. 
We cannot say simply by being a good seamstress you can get into the kingdom of heaven. That's not what this is saying for one moment. Um, it's simply saying that here was somebody who was of good standing in the life of the local Christian community um, and who clearly, when she died, was not, not cut off from that community. Um, the next thing that struck me was the apparent reputation that Peter must have had. Yes, absolutely. Um, they knew where he was. It wasn't terribly far away, only a few miles, I think. Um, but they knew also that he had a reputation um, in the Department of Miracles. And they knew who to go to. Um, and they called on him makes no hesitation, comes straight away, gets organised straight away. Um, interesting that the old habit of the Jewish community at, at that time of having the widows and ladies um, being a little bit distressed and doing dirges and all those sort of things... Um, What's, was, it, what's a dirge? Hmm? What is a dirge? A dirge is a dreary, um, I, I suppose it's musical item, right? But it's or, or poetic or something of that sort, um, and you, um, they would have gathered round to well, tell tell some of the um, truths about the deceased, but really to to mourn in a highly public way and make apparently quite a bit of noise about it. Um, Gosh, and this was a Jewish custom. This was the custom. Um, and you, you will see that in the Gospels. Um, it's touched on in, in the Gospels. So nothing, nothing new. And that's how they handled this particular situation. And, and it's interesting that just as Jesus had got rid of the people making that demonstration, um, so Peter does the same. He, he's clearly taken on board the instruction that was modelled for him by the Saviour. And that in itself is a wonderful example of how we should model Christ in how we respond to the needs around us um, and if we search diligently through the Gospels we'll find plenty of examples of how he handled the type of situation that to some extent or another we'll come across in our daily lives today. Why did he do that? Why did he get rid of the people mourning? It, because it created a wrong atmosphere, I imagine. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing a bit. Um, but it was clearly some sort of distraction yeah. from what he was focusing on. Yeah. And the focus for Peter here was to confront the death, to command the life, and to reunite the people. And... That he did.
without distraction. I think that that seems to be important in the way Jesus responded and in the way Peter responded here. And I find that quite interesting. We should not be surprised that there were people in the congregation who were known for exercising particular gifts of the Holy Spirit. I think Peter's gift is rather particular as an apostle, as somebody who had been with Jesus when Jesus had exercised this type of ministry. Um, but clearly there were those, if we take passages like 1 Corinthians 12 seriously, who were known to exercise particular gifts. And amongst them was the gift of miracles. And what, do you, what do you think about miracles today then? And people would say this is a call to us to perform such miracles. To yep. I find it incredibly challenging. The specific ministry here of raising the dead yeah. is certainly on the hearts of many a Christian who would love to see that exercise today. Um, and it would appear that in some communities this does happen. Um, I don't dispute yeah. that for a moment. Um, and I would love to experience that. Um, that it's not generally experienced in Western Christianity. Um, some would say it's a condemnation of the calibre of that Christianity. Others would say it's an advancement in common sense or whatever. Um, I don't necessarily think it's either of those. Um, we find that over the years and over the centuries, the exercise of gifts of this sort has varied enormously. There have been seasons when there's been a virtual outburst of gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and in such periods, you will have um, involved the gift of miracles. And that, that is inevitable. Um, and we aren't necessarily going to see such things all the time, everywhere. But maybe from time to time, I don't know. But certainly, it's a, the, there is a sadness when... There is a decline in any openness to the work and ministry of the Spirit of God because that is a decline in the work that God wants to see done. Yeah. Um, that's how he operates. This is something that I've been praying about. I feel you know, we live in an ever-increasingly cynical age. Absolutely. And it's so signs and wonders and outpouring of the Spirit, I feel, is needed in our context here, where in Jersey we feel very independent, like we don't need God. and But I actually see a, a real poverty of spirit here, yeah. massively. Yeah. So I, I pray about this quite a lot, and I really feel that's what's needed. Well, we also um, long to see more people come to Christ. Yes. That's fundamental to our commitment as Christians. That's fundamental to what we are as the body of Christ. We want to see people come to a living faith. 
we long to see that. I look back um, earlier today um, at chapter, is it chapter 8, where you have the account of Philip the Evangelist, who was actually initially set apart in Jerusalem to look after the widows. It was an administrative role, um, summed up as waiting at tables. But he couldn't be held down to that and became a, an extraordinary evangelist. And it was he um, who approached the Ethiopian eunuch, if you remember, yeah. Yeah. and shared the gospel with that man who returned to his home country in Africa um, and no doubt shared what he had discovered, who must be something in the history of an ancient Christian culture. Um, so quite extraordinary. But when you see in, initially in chapter 8 of Acts, um, Philip operating in Samaria, he's there in an incredible campaign of seeing people saved and seeing signs and wonders it says there were deliverances from evil possession and all sorts of things clearly and so you had the signs and wonders that the servant of god was able by god's grace to see happening out of which came a realization of the power of this faith out of which came a response of trust in Christ. And the church grew. The church grew on the back of the signs and wonders. And, and people will say to us today, well, let me see the reality of the difference it makes to follow Christ. And we, we haven't got in any great, any great extent, um, a, a track record to share. We haven't got it. No. It's sad. And if we launched out in obedience, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, to every one of Christ's people is given the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues, the gift of whatever. They are there for people to exercise the ministry to which Christ has called them, the gift that the Spirit of God manifests through them. They're there for that function. But what's interesting, when I, I, I gave my life to Christ in 2005, mm -hmm. I was maybe 20 or 21, um, and... One of the things that I remember my friends saying that shocked them, my friends who weren't Christian, is they saw a transformed life. Old habits were no longer habits. Mm -hmm. There was transformation. And so that is a great testimony to faith, seeing a transformed life. However, I feel that today, in the way that culture is operating with, where, where now really people just say, well, that's your story, that's your truth, that's not my truth, and it's all about the self. Someone seeing a transformed life in another doesn't have the same impact, which is why I keep thinking about signs and wonders, seeing seeing miracles, people being healed, and, and things like that. And to some extent it stems 
from not having a God-centered faith, if we have a person-centered faith, yeah. and it's not with, I, I get irritated by certain expressions of faith that are to do with me, 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 um, rather than God, God, God. Yeah. It's like worship. Worship is to honor, glorify, and praise the living God who created all things by the word of his power, who transforms all things through his Son, who empowers us by his Spirit. That it's all about him. And that's to me so so important. But that's so countercultural today. Exactly. When it's all about the self. Yeah. yeah. Outside the church and sometimes inside the church. The and, whole. and it's how you feel. Yes. Very much feely feely. There was a there was a song in my ancient Christian youth. It's feelings not facts. And suggesting that at that time it was already an emphasis on your feelings. So, whereas our Christian faith is rooted and established on truth and on fact. Yeah, absolutely. It's not fantasy. Mm. It's not my idea. Well, we can't hold on to feelings. When times get tough, we hold on to truth. Yeah. Don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we need the solidity of that foundation. But then the alternate view would say that if, what's that expression? It says, if you live only by the Spirit, you'll blow up. Yeah. If you live only by the Bible, you'll dry up. Not by the Bible. If you live only by, oh, I've forgotten what it is, but what you need is a balance of both. You need the yeah. truth and the yeah. Spirit yeah. Yeah. in both. Yeah. 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 Written word, living word. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No problem. So how, what would you think? I mean, obviously, we've kind of almost gone a little tangent. When it, when it comes to Dorcas then and this miracle, what would you say? It's a we, demonstration of the authority and power of the living God. that He can do more than ever we can ask or expect. Um, there is an expression here of faith on the part of the believers who, however tentative, they understood that in Peter was somebody who was gifted in this area, um, and they launched out. Though, so however limited their understanding, however they might have been um, uh, involving themselves in a dirge in the room with the dear woman um, at the same time they were looking for an answer and they looked in the right place and looked to God and so their their faith was there it wasn't perhaps fully expressed but it was there that's interesting in their grief they we, we're not told and I'm conscious not to put that in we're not told whether or not they believed that Peter would bring her back or could, but we, what we do know is they called. So that in itself, as you're saying, is an expression of faith. And that reminds me of someone who came into church one day and asked me, "Could I pray for them because they're struggling in their faith?" Mm. And I said that you are showing faith by asking for me to pray for you for that. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. 
and I think that's evident here. Yeah. So a key message to walk away with. Sensitivity to what God is saying in any situation. So we, when you're confronted with challenges, when you're confronted with difficulties in your Christian walk, don't be afraid to ask for support and help and advice, but look in the right place with the right expectations, knowing that God knows the answer. And that in itself is faith. Yes. Yeah. Fabulous. Ray, thank you for your take this week. Not at all. See you next week. We do hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your friends on social media. And please do get in touch with any suggestions or comments you may have. Thanks for listening and see you next time.